Let us pray. Our precious Father, we just want to thank you as we approach you this evening. We are grateful that you are our God and through the mediation of Jesus, we can always come to you. From you comes all good and perfect gifts. A man can receive nothing except it comes from you. We bring ourselves to you as vessels. We are divine. We are branches. We are empty without you. Fill us tonight with your wisdom. Fill us afresh with your life. Fill us afresh with your strength. Open our eyes. Open our ears. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, we are weapons of our warfare part 12. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all sins. This is Ephesians 6.18. And we started last week to say <clears throat> that this, this thing that Paul wrote is a call to prayer by Paul because we are all priests. The Bible calls us holy priests. That's why we lift up holy hands. So we're all priests unto God, and then we are priests of God who are supposed to offer to God spiritual, not carnal, not physical, spiritual sacrifices that are pleasing to him. First Peter 2.5 says, and you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. So we are the temple. And he said, what is more? You are his holy priest. We are his holy priest. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. And then we said that one of the sacrifices that we offer is prayer. And David, being a prophet and a king, went ahead and said it in Psalm 141 verse 2. Let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. And I said, you can see what the Holy Spirit said we do with our hands. It's a mystery. Lifting up your hands to heaven. David said, this is part of the way we pray and bring our sacrifice of prayer to God. Now, we said in Revelation 5, 8, See what happens with the prayer of the saints. Now, when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, <clears throat> each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Nine, and they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open the seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nations. Verse 10, and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on earth. You see, so obviously it's talking about Christ. It's talking about he that is at altar. He is the great high priest of this altar. With his blood is ministering before God on our behalf. And so the, this prayer comes by his mediation to that very altar. He's worthy to take the scroll and open it because he's the great high priest. And then the scripture says that these 24 elders fell down, they fell down before the lamp, each having a harp and golden bowl full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. The things that happen in heaven is what they're showing us right here. They bring it before the great high priest who ministers before God on your behalf and on my behalf with his blood. And these elders are worshiping him for he redeemed us with his blood. It comes as a sacrifice with incense before God, mediated by the blood of Jesus Christ. So Paul calls all priests, all believers, to this noble service of offering this spiritual sacrifice of prayer to God as our duty as priests of God. It's our duty as priests of God. 
Now, look at 1 Timothy 2.1. See what Paul is writing again to all the priests of God to wake up and pray. I exhort therefore that first of all, it's important that we do first things first. First of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks. He told us exactly how to do this thing. Supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks. Be made for all men, first of all. All men as priests. As a Christian, you see your priestly duty. It's not just to pray for your job and this, which is important, but to pray for all men. For all men. First of all, for kings, for all that are in authority, that's what we are supposed to do. That's our call to priestly duty. That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. He wants people to come and know Christ. But he needs us to pray. He needs us to pray. Verse 8, I would therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands, because we are holy priests, without wrath and doubt. This is a call to the church. And then Paul said we should pray with all manner of prayers. Now, as we go through these prayers, you want to take your own prayer list, you pray January to December, and put it side by side what call that came to you. Praying for all men, praying for those in authority, praying for all saints. You want to put your prayer list, put your heart desire alongside this, so you make sure that you are offering your own spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God as his priest here on earth. That your life counts. That the priest of God here, that you, your position, you're filling it and executing your own responsibility before our great high priest, our Lord Jesus Christ, who inspired this call to me and to you. That should be a very deep thinking. Because this call is very important. As we read it, as we study these prayers, you are going to see the role it plays both in the world and in the church. And if we don't do that, who does that? So we talked about prayer of praise, talked about bringing sacrifice of praise, united prayer, we saw it, prayer of agreement, we saw it. Today we're going to talk about prayer of consecration to the will of God, prayer of submission to the will of God for all saints and all nations, all saints and all nations. Let's see example, and then you begin to see the importance of this prayer. Example of this prayer, that is supplication for sins and intercession with all your heart that men and nations and churches will be in the will of God. That's my job as a priest of God. That nations will submit to the will of God, that churches will submit to the will of God, that leaders will submit to the will of God. That's assignment to us as priests. Priests. Under our great high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the prayer that comes to him as sweet-smelling sweet savour, that comes as a sacrifice, and it pleases God. Let's begin to read some of them. Colossians 2 verse 1. I want you to know how much I have agonized. I mean, think about this. See, this is what is important to me. This is my desire. I am, this is my prayer. I agonize for you and for church, the church at Laodicea. Can you imagine anybody agonizing for the church and praying like Paul? And not only that, and for many who other believers who have never met me personally, I'm agonizing for them as a priest. 
I want them to be encouraged. I need to gather by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. In him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Because there's so much deceit out there. This man's desire is that the church should know the truth, who is Christ, and know the plan of God for mankind that was, is consummated in Jesus Christ. He, he said, I have gone even for those who have never met me. That's why he's calling for prayer. It's good to get jobs. They didn't pray here, they, they get jobs. It's good to pray to get jobs because we have to get jobs. But watch where this man's heart lies. Colossians 4.12. Epiphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluted you, always laboring fervently for you in prayer. Why, Epiphras? That you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. You know, there are people who run from church to church. They always find fault in one church and leave. You are not useful to God. You are not useful. Unless the Holy Spirit moves you, unless the Holy Spirit himself moves you, that's not the way it works. You can labor in prayer fervently. Only the Holy Spirit can move you because he has plans for you. Because he's the only one that asks the church such as I say. Yeah, he moves people from church. He moved me. He moved me from where I started to another. Yes, he moved me. And he moved me for the purpose of church planting. So he moves us. There's no doubt about it. And then if, if Epaphras, laboring fervently that the body of Christ will stand in the will of God. It's called Prayer of consecration. Priests of God. Paul is calling us to prayer. Colossians 1 9. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. Really? Yeah. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will. This is, we're still talking about the Colossian church. We haven't left. This is Prayers for this church, Colossian church, perfect, complete knowledge of his will, and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding, consecration to the will of God. Key. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. You see why this prayer is key? See why the call is gone out? You, you want to ask, as a Christian, does this kind of prayer really even come to our mind? Have you ever had anybody who took out and said, I'm fasting to see God? Oh, we need to have a complete knowledge of his will, spiritual understanding, so the way we live, we please God. I want to show me one or two people. But this one, these people are called servant of Christ. You can see where their heart is. Verse 11. No, verse 10. Then the way you live will always honor and praise the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so that you have all the endurance and patience you need to overcome challenges. May you be filled with joy, respect of their prayer. Because without joy, you, you get discouraged. Twelve, always thanking the Father, you see, with thanksgiving. Paul said, we pray with thanksgiving. Why should I thank the Father? We're thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. You see why they are thanking God? 
for his blessings to us through Christ. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sin. See why they are thanking God for what is done for the saints. Now let's look at Philippian church. Philippians 1.9. This is Paul. I pray that your love, your love will overflow more and more and that you keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. We haven't heard anything about getting jobs yet. I mean, it's good. Spiritual sacrifices. Spiritual sacrifices. We position you to get this kind of thing. They will make these kind of things available to you. If you grow and know how to commune with God, you can pray to get your t- needs met. You don't need anybody. You will understand divine plan for your life. You will understand the guidance of the Holy Spirit. You will be attending job interviews anywhere. Seek you first the kingdom of God. This is it. Spiritual sacrifices that will position a Christian to walk in the awesomeness of divine grace and power and mercy and become a wonder and a miracle and a sign that people want to ask, why is your life like this? Of course, it's in fellowship with Jesus. He understands the secrets of life. Wisdom will exalt you and put a crown on your head. That's what they're praying about. Spiritual sacrifice. You know, value, values comes from maturity and understanding. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding for I want you to understand what really matters. There's the point. (laughs) Get it, what really matters, so that you may live pure and blameless life until the day of Christ's return. 11, may you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation. This righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. So this will bring much glory and praise to God. Think of how these people think, where their mind is, where passion. Are you surprised they're making this call? Join us in this prayer. We all praise, come on. Let's look at Ephesians. Ephesians 1.15. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints. I cease not to give thanks for you. Paul said, give thanks. Making mention of you in my prayer that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God. Do you see where they're going? Always praying for giving wisdom, give them revelation, give them understanding. They shall know the truth, know what matters. Knowledge, 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 knowledge. Those who know their God are strong. My people are destroyed for ignorance. Our Lord Jesus himself. Let's listen to our Lord's prayer. The blessed one, the righteous one. Luke twenty-two forty-two. This is our Lord. Saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. It's prayer of consecrating yourself to the will of God, even when it's tough for you to do it. And see, now you can understand why I pray this prayer every Sunday, because some of you don't understand. But the Lord told me, say, you're the priest of the church, you're the pastor. You have to pray this pray the prayer over this congregation. It's your duty. Say, Paul was doing that. And so to see why I pray this particular prayer over you every day, every Sunday, every Thursday, because it's what a priest does. Pray for the saints. Look at the prayer I pray for you. Hebrew 13, 20. Now may the God who brought us peace by raising from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ so that he will be the great shepherd of his flock and by the power of the blood of his eternal covenant, may he walk perfection into every part of you, giving you all that you need to fulfill your destiny and may he express through you 
all that is excellent and pleasing to him through your life union with Jesus, the anointed one, he is to receive all glory forever and ever. Amen. You know, when I say it, some people think we want to go. Pastor, no, 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 it's scriptural. Paul said, pray for the saints. I'm your pastor. I got to pray for you in private, pray for you when we gather together. That's the instruction God gave me. So you should pray over them. I don't know how many take it serious. I don't know even how many listen to it. I don't even know how many say amen. Because we don't know the mysteries of God. We don't understand this thing. All this may the grace of God be with you and all these blessings pronounced. I don't know whether we understand the importance of all of that. Now let's look at the intercession. In the prayer of consecration. Romans 9. With Christ as my. Let me start it from Romans 10 from verse 1. Dear brothers and sisters. The longing of my heart. And my prayer to God. Is for it, people of Israel to be saved. The longing of my heart. Remember he said. I agonize for you people. What for Paul? He said it. Now we see him again. saying The longing of. The thing that keeps me awake. My utmost desire is not for anything except the will of God for you to be fulfilled. For the people of Israel to be saved. I mean, you can take up, they came here last Sunday, taught us about evangelism. I don't know anybody who has gone through that teaching, that someone, and spoken to the Lord about it. The other day, Pastor Randy came here and told us, return to your love for Jesus. I've been meditating on that scripture ever since he came. I can't get away from it. And what God is showing me there is amazing. I, I get so overwhelmed. that some, when we, Sometimes we talk to believers, I keep quiet. If we don't know why I keep quiet. I, I don't talk. I just keep quiet. Because I'm, I'm, I'm incubating stuff in my, in my spirit. I'm incubating things in my spirit. From those teachers. Because you want, you want to know when God sends somebody to speak to you, that's God talking to each one of us. Well, I don't know anybody, so how many people took it serious, forgotten it, gone that way. God sent his servant, say, it's time to preach the gospel, evangelism. Look at the heart of these people. Look at their prayer topic. They are so useful in the kingdom. Very relevant. Offering spiritual sacrifices to God. Our, our Lord Jesus gave us prayer request. Matthew 9, 37. Then said he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous. But the laborers are few. Now he told us what to pray about. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers to his service. Intercession for the lost with all our heart. Paul said, you are priests. Get up. Go to work. Now the next prayer is prayer of commitment. Prayer of commitment is prayer of committing things into the hand of the Lord. First Peter 5, 7, casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all, on him, for he cares for you, affectionately, and cares about you, watchfully. Cares for you. So why do you worry? Why do you bother about things? It's not important. All that matters is you have Christ. And he's greater than everything. You can cast all your cares upon him and go to bed. It's called prayer of commitment. Psalm 37, 5. Commit your way to the Lord. Roll, repose each care of your load on him. Trust, lean on him, rely on him, and be confident also in him, and he will bring it to pass. Jesus said, cast your burdens upon me. I give you rest. Stop. 
Give me the boldness, go rest. It's called prayer of commitment. That psalm, it says, commit your way to the Lord. Roll it over to him. Repose each care of your load on him. Trust, lean on, rely on, be confident also in him. And he will bring, he will bring it to pass. That's what he said. Now let's see examples of this prayer in scriptures for the church and for people. Luke chapter 22, verse 46. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commit my, commend my spirit. And having said that, he gave up his ghost. You can commit things into his hand. Now in 2 Timothy 1, verse 12, for this reason, for this reason I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep what I have committed to him until the dead day. So Paul committed things into the hand of God. In the midst of persecution, he committed his life into the hand of God, committed his soul into the hand of God, committed everything to the hand of God. He said, God, will keep it. All these things will not be able to overcome me. God will keep it. I know who he is. What I've committed into his hand, things that are important to me. My soul, my, he didn't write it like that. I can imagine that. Somebody he's praying for people to know Christ and to be saved. What else is he going to commit into his hands? His car? Acts 20, 32. And now I entrust you. See, he took the church and put it to the hand of God. I entrust you to God. It's time for him to go. He said, I'm going to commit you into the hand of God. And the message of his grace that is able to build you up and give you inheritance with all those who he has set apart for himself. You can take your whole family committed to the hand of God. You can take your, if it, your, the program you are running the church, Lord, I commit it to your hand. Wisdom comes from you. I don't know anything. But I hand this over to you. Trust you for guidance, instructions, and how to do it so your will is perfectly done here. You can commit anything to yourself. Challenges of your life, you can commit it to yourself. Lord, only you can resolve this and leave it with you. But once you commit it, you go your way. You don't go bothering about it again. So why was Paul doing this? Paul was very sure of God's care in Philippians 1.3. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Paul said, giving thanks also. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy. <laughs> All of you with joy, for you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now, verse 6. And I am certain that God, who began the good works within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. He said, I, I thank God for you. I remember you with joy. I've committed you to God. I am certain. I am sure whatever is committed into his hands, he keeps it, he does it. He said he, he started these good works in you, people complete it. It's not a question of make sure you make heaven. No, no, you will make it. It's not a question of make sure you, no, 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 you, I'm sure you make it. Why? The person I committed you into his hand is, is able. I'm not, I'm not trusting you, I'm not trusting him. Now let's go to prayer of faith. Prayer of faith is prayer you pray for yourself. It involves only your own faith, not another. You cannot receive from with another's faith. You can sometimes when you're a baby Christian, you don't know what they're doing. A baby, every baby depends on people. So some babies, there are babies in the kingdom. You know, we have babies, we have children, we have adults in the kingdom. There are, as newborn babies who are born, there are children, we become children. Then from there, we become adults. So, and the Bible tells us that children, they don't know what is their own, so they, they are under tutors. So if you're a baby, spiritual baby, people can be praying for you, lay hands on you, and they'll be receiving. But there's a point God will stop and say, you need to grow. You need to grow. Don't, you can't take milk forever. So you've got to learn to get things on your own faith. Now, prayer of faith is about your own prayer because you have no control over somebody else's faith. It's about your own prayer, uh, faith. Mark eleven twenty three. For verily I say unto you that 
whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he said, 24. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, will you now pray, believe also that you receive them and you have them. He said, if you say something, don't be speaking vain words. Don't just go and be, you can't go to the mountain and be second move and you're not, if you don't believe it will move, it won't move. You have to say something that you have conviction that is going to happen. That's what Jesus is saying. He said, also when you pray, speak with expectation. Pray with conviction. Pray with expectation. Expect it to happen. Believe that you've gotten it. He said, you have it. Now this is about you and your desire. You can't apply this with in, 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 in any other prayer except what is personally yours because it's about you. What is ever you desire, when you, 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 you pray, when you pray, you believe that you have received it. He didn't say believe that another person received it. I prayed and Jane received No, you received it. So it's, it's about you. That's why it's called prayer of faith because it's about your faith. A prayer primarily paid, prayed for yourself. This is not prayer of agreement. This is about you. Totally about you. Exclusively about you. You know, because you hear some people say, yeah, I prayed for him, he's sick, I prayed for him. Uh, he's healed. <laughs> it's not scriptural. Brother, it's not scriptural. It's ignorance. People can't just be receiving from your faith. You two don't even know what faith means. Look at Acts 14, 6. They were, they were aware of it and fled into Lystra and Debe, cities of Lyconia, and unto the region that lieth around about. And there they preached the gospel. Eight, and there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never walked. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him and perceived that he had faith to be healed, the man had faith to be healed. It's not Paul's faith. Paul simply preached the gospel to him. And Paul must have preached about healing. That Jesus took all our infirmities and bore our pains. So this man simply believed what Paul preached. He preached the gospel. So he had faith to be healed. And said with a loud voice, stand upright now on thy feet. And he leaped and walked. It's the man that believed what Paul said. Paul didn't pray for him. It wasn't Paul's faith. So don't go around and say, I prayed for him. Hey, he didn't get healed. I thought I prayed. You, it's not your faith. You, it's his, oh, it has to be their faith. Again, let me repeat. Yes, we can help babies who don't know anything. Don't know too much. I, I was in a meeting somewhere, and there was a lot of healings that took place by the gift of healing. And then the Lord said to me, he said, that, that tells you how many babies are in this place. I said, really? He said, that tells you how many babies. He said, if they were mature people, they don't need the gift. They walk in hell. They know how to get it. They know how to fight the fight of it. He said, and watch them. They are likely to lose all this healing because they don't know how to keep it. I'm telling you, he said, that tells you how many babies are here. He said, and they, may, they, they are likely to lose it because the devil will attack them again and they, know, they don't know how to keep it. They will lose it. Acts 14, 12. And they called Barnabas Jupiter. See, after, after this man was healed, so they thought it was Paul that did it. That's what people think today. They think it's human beings that do the healing. I don't know that any human being does the healing. I know that God said I'm the God that healed thee. But now people who don't know think it's human beings. Now they thought it was Paul. So in verse 12, and they called Barnabas Jupiter, Paul Mercurius, because he was the chief speaker. Then the priest of Jupiter, which was before their city, brought oxen and gallons unto the gates, and would have done sacrifice with the people, which when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of, they rent their clothes and ran in among the people, crying out, saying, Sirs, why do you this things? We also are men like men of like passions with you. And preach unto you that you should turn from these vanities unto the living God, which made heaven and earth and the seas and all things that they are in. They came and said, no, we didn't heal this man. Stop all that. Don't worship us. But you know today, yeah, <laughs> he, three people will carry his cell phone. 
He has become an anointed man of God. He will have bodyguard and everything. To introduce him will take 13 minutes. Fourth. That's how demons control things. Because Jesus is not there. It's not glorified. This man of God said, we are like you. We are like you. We are preaching to you to stop all this human worship and things like that. Matthew 9, 21. For she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be made whole. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith had made thee whole. The woman was made whole from that moment. There's no place Jesus said my faith healed anybody. Thy faith has made you whole. I want us to know this. So you don't go around praying for people. You won't share scripture with them. You won't want to build their faith up before you pray. You go there and say, hey, I pray with him. Some people come to me. I hear a lot of people talk to me. They pass in. I pray for him. He, he was not healed, but I had faith. <laughs> Is he going to be healed by your faith? Why did you read it in scripture? Mark 6 1. Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who, were, who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother, and the brother of James, Joseph, Judah, Simon, and his sisters, live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe him. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown, among his own relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them. Jesus said the same yesterday to them forever. They couldn't believe him. He couldn't heal them, couldn't do anything. You think he changes? You think he changes? Prayer of faith is pray you receive your own. When you pray for somebody, you should share scriptures and encourage them to. The Bible said he couldn't do miracles. Couldn't means was not able. Not that he didn't want to. Because if you read further, he said he laid hands on the few people. Because he wanted, but they couldn't. They stopped it. Say because of they didn't believe him, he couldn't do. Unbelief stops the power of God. They limited the limitless God. Anybody who acts like this will do the same. So grow and get matured and learn to teach people to take responsibility to, for their faith to, be, to receive. Don't go telling people, I pray for him, and I had faith too, and he wasn't healed. It's ignorance gone to seed. I'd be embarrassed if you, if you say such things with people and, and say, this is your pastor. I never thought anything like that. So prayer of faith is prayer you pray for yourself because only your faith is involved. And then when you believe you have received, then it's yours. So if you want to pray for somebody, sit down and open your Bible. Faith comes by hearing and feed them the word. Like Paul preached, this man had it, believed what he said, and got healed. That's the process. It's not magic. That's the process. If they don't believe, they will stop the power of God. And they can't be healed by your faith again unless they are babies who don't know anything. Then you can, they can write on your cup to Tell, could, could tell, could tell, yeah. Now let's look at praying in the spirit called praying in tongues. Here we need some background to understand this type of prayer. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came to empower the church. Listen to me. He came to empower the church to be witnesses of the Lord Jesus. 
the same spirit that came on him as a dove. As a dove. Came on the church. So that the church can do the work of evangelism, the work of the kingdom. The Holy Spirit baptism is not for character. My father never was baptized in the Holy Spirit. But he lived the life of Christ till the last day of his life. He lived a life that was so outstanding, a life I, I, I don't see a lot. There are many of these old saints of God, and some of them you know, converted in the village. They were not even educated, but they, were, they lived in the fear of God. They were not baptized in the Holy Spirit. Character comes from Christ within. We just read it. The fruit of your salvation produced by Christ. He's divine. The flow of life comes from him. The Bible calls him, he says, the, the, the second Adam is a life-giving spirit. Life-giving spirit. Life-giving spirit. So his life flows through us. But the Holy Spirit comes to empower us to be witnesses, to walk in the gifts of the spirit, to walk in boldness, And if you want to know, the Corinthian church that had, they had the gifts, they came behind me, no other thing. They were very canapel. In fact, they will be fighting over who will give the prophecy before the other. They were very canapel. Don't mix up the roles. Christ is the life-giving spirit. He's divine. From him flows your life. The Holy Spirit came to empower he, you that have received Christ and received the life of God. So that you be his witnesses and do the same things he did. External manifestation. External manifestation. And to give you boldness. Acts 2 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It never happened before in history. Never. Never. All the people that were anointed to do, that the Holy Spirit anointed, to use them to be in the offices like prophets of old. The scripture said the spirit of God came upon so, so, so. And that was not baptism of the Holy Spirit. God anointed them to a measure. They didn't have the fullness of God. They didn't have the fullness of the Holy Spirit. He used them to a measure. They were all operating in the shadow. The real is Christ. The Bible says the real wine they say, oh, you brought the good wine now. Yeah, the good wine, Christ brought it. Tasting better than the old one. Nothing in the old is as good as in it. Nothing. I don't have time. I would have gone to some scriptures where, because Jesus said, you know, receive it, the Holy Spirit and breathe it on them. People say, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Nothing can be further from the truth. Because Jesus said, if I don't go, he won't come. So he had to come. He was still there. I want to know what happened that day. He gave them life. The first creation was by breathing. The second creation was also by breathing. When God formed that and he breathed into him, when, the, when Christ rose from the dead, the first thing he did was visit the church and breathe into them new life. So when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, the, that's the day of Pentecost that God in his timetable has, might has fully now come. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. The Holy Spirit came with a sound 
as of a rushing mighty wind, and they filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as of fire. And they sat up on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak with other tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance, this has never happened. Man has never spoken in tongues before. No prophet spoke in tongues. They didn't have the fullness of the Spirit. None of them, not even John the Baptist. That's why the least in the kingdom is greater than him. Because we carry God in us. In us is fulfilled all the prophecies of God for mankind in Christ. The Bible said those people could, couldn't be made perfect without us. Man, we stand in a privileged situation, privileged position to have Christ. Our spirit came alive. So the Holy Spirit can now come on us and I'll speak through our spirit because it's now life. It's now alive. Christ gave us life. That breath of life from God, God never breathed into another human being again. That breath of life is what you see happening. You have a baby, he has life. The same thing, that breath of Christ formed into those people. You receive Christ, you receive that breath. It continues. It doesn't die. It's eternal. So we see what has never happened. That man was speaking in this language that is not from here. Because God in his spirit came down upon them. The Bible said the purpose of it was to give us power. That's the purpose. Not to give life, to give power. Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The Holy Spirit came that you might have power. Clearly defined. So this event was the first time anybody received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and spoke with tongues. Never happened in history. So the Holy Spirit came to, to start his own leg of the ministry because Jesus has now gone. He said, if I don't go, he won't come. He won't come. He comes when I leave so that my ministry closes. He comes and takes over from now and begins to reveal me to you people, remind you what I said so you understand the secrets of the kingdom, and empower you to, to, to manifest the, kingdom, the, the, the things of the kingdom that's not of this world. John 16, 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. So when he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit, the comforter hadn't come. He hadn't come. He breathed into them the new life. And his spirit. But I, if I depart, I will send him unto you. When I depart, I will not send him. That's what happened. So every experience any man had prior to this point was not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The day of Pentecost hadn't come. Yep. So the result of this baptism can be seen from the account that we read. Acts 2 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. As the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. Look at Acts 19 2. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them, No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then, what baptism did you experience? He said, he asked. And they replied, the baptism of John. Paul said, John baptism called for repentance from sin. That was works. Before Christ came and declared forgiveness by faith in his name. When John was baptizing, Christ had not gone to the cross. That was the Old Testament period of law and works. People take old cloth and mix with new and ruin their faith, ruin their faith. We are new vessels. Can't bring old wine and be pouring there. It will destroy everything. (laughs) 
Jesus said, repentance, forgiveness should be preached in my name. Tell people their sins are forgiven because I paid for it. I died for them. I'm reconciled to them. Let them come to me. Let them stop running away. Oh, no, we won't preach it because we know better than Jesus. And we quote John the Baptist. <laughs> See what John said. John was not a New Testament prophet. The least in the kingdom is still greater than him. Let me read it again. Acts 19.2. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then, what baptism did you experience? He was surprised. He asked, and they said, the baptism of John. Paul said, yeah. John's baptism called for repentance from sin. But John himself told you people to believe in the one who will come later, meaning Jesus. He said, yeah, that's what he was in. But he warned you that someone is coming. I can't even untie his, the less of his shoe. He said, I was pointing you people to Christ. After all that. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Paul said, that one you did is baptism of works. Let's baptize you by faith in Christ. Then when he, Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. And they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. <laughs> so they're speaking. Every time everybody, everybody, everybody is baptizing the Holy Spirit, they speak in tongues. Now, let me say something. There is nothing like looking for gift of tongue. There is no scripture that teaches that. It's unscriptural. It's wrong doctrine. Some people say, you get tongue. Not, where did you see it? Which chapter, which verse? It's not there. What you get is baptism of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit gives you tongues, gives you utterance. You don't seek tongues. Because the Holy Spirit is the one that gives you the tongues. You seek the baptism. You can't separate tongues from the Holy Spirit. It's unscriptural. They all spoke in tongues, and the Spirit gave them utterance, because now they were baptized. In the Holy Ghost. What you seek is go get baptized in the Holy Spirit and you speak in tongues as evidence. You don't seek tongues and forget the Holy Spirit. No, no, no. No, no. Don't tell people seek tongues. So. That's not scripture. Don't you do stuff like that. So the devil can give you those things. He can. He can make you say stuff that is not of the Holy Spirit. That's right. Stay safe. Stay in scripture, stay in the light. Stay safe, stay in scripture, stay in the light. They all spoke in tongues, and then they started to manifest the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, praying in tongues, let's come to that. Every believer who has been baptized in the Holy Spirit can pray in tongues. But not every believer can prophesy. And not every believer can give a message in tongues. And not every believer can interpret the message given in tongues. These manifestations of the Holy Spirit is as the Holy Spirit wills, as he chooses, and when he chooses, and through whom he chooses, he can manifest. Everybody is not a, cannot prophesy. Everybody cannot prophesy. Because everybody is not called to prophesy. Everybody can, if you seek it. Everybody cannot do interpretation of tongues. Everybody is not called to give interpretation of tongues. Everybody cannot give a message in tongues. Message in tongues is like giving a message to the church in tongues. It's the same thing with prophecy. The only difference is prophecy comes in known language, but giving a message in tongues comes in unknown language. Then you need an interpreter to interpret it. Not everybody can interpret it. But brethren, everybody is a priest of God called to the ministry of prayer. So everybody can pray. If you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, you can pray in tongues. Because everybody is called to this call of offering spiritual sacrifices to God. Prayer is one of them. 
Once you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, you are equipped to pray in the Spirit. You are equipped to pray in the Spirit. Totally equipped to pray in the Spirit. God said, open your mouth, I feel it. So we can pray in the Spirit if we are baptized. Are you praying in the unknown language if you are not baptized? 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. This is prayer. But there is speaking in tongues where you speak to men in message. That is giving message in tongues. It's different from your private use of tongues, which is mainly for prayer. Because every Christian is given the privilege to pray. So if you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, you can pray. So you're talking to God. For no one understands him. However, in the, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries to God. Now let's look at um, 1 Corinthians 14, 14. For if I pray in a known tongue, my spirit, by the Holy Spirit within me, prays. So you see, the Holy Spirit gives utterance in tongues. So that tongues you are, you are praying with, he gives the utterance. He gives that prayer. He's the one praying through you. But my mind is unproductive. It, it, it bears no fruit and helps nobody. Then what am I to do? I will pray with my spirit. That's Paul. Yep. Call to prayer. Spirit. Yes, I can pray with my spirit by the Holy Spirit that is within me. But I will also pray intelligently with my mind and understanding. Yep. Just you are called as a priest to pray. I will sing with my spirit by the Holy Spirit that is within me. I give sacrifice of praise as a priest. Yes. But I will sing. I will sing with my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me, but I will sing intelligently with my mind and understand, understanding also. Why? Yeah. We bring sacrifice of praise. We are priests called of God to stand in these offices. 16. Otherwise, if you bless and render thanks with your spirit, thoroughly aroused by the Holy Spirit, how can anyone in the position of an outsider or he who is not gifted with interpreting on an unknown tongue say amen? He says, see, when you pray in the Spirit, somebody who's hearing you doesn't know what you're saying. When, how can he say amen? How can he say, how can he say amen? To your thanksgiving, since he does not know what you are saying. To be sure, you, you may give, he said to be sure, Yes, you may give thanks well. Yeah, you can do it. Give thanks. But the bystander is not a defy because he doesn't know what you're saying. Because this is private. This, this is every Christian can pray and talk. Every Christian baptized in the Holy Spirit. Baptized in the Holy Spirit. Not those not baptized. Every Christian baptized in the Holy Spirit should be able to pray in tongues. Anytime. Anywhere. Now, it is the best way to pray because the Holy Spirit prays according to the perfect will of God. Romans 8.26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought to. Yap, we are limited in our knowledge, but he's not. He didn't say we don't know how to pray. He said we don't know how to pray as we ought to. He didn't say we don't know how, but we don't know how to pray perfectly as we ought to. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So the best way you can pray for the church, for the world, for people, interceding for them, praying in supplication, He's praying the Spirit because he knows the perfect will of God for the situation. What I try to do is I pray in my understanding. I say, Lord, I, this is all I know. I'm limited in knowledge. I want to hand it over to you so you know, Holy Spirit, you know better. So you pray the best way. And I begin to pray in this way. But I, I, want, I pray and say, this is what I'm praying about. And then say, Lord, I, hand it to, I just started that recently. Hand, hand it over to you, Lord. I've come to the limit. I don't know what else to say, but you know better. So you pray, and then he starts praying. He gives me the utterance. He gives me the word through my spirit. So he's the one originating it. 
So that's the best way to pray the perfect will of God. If you are confused, don't know what to do, pray in the Spirit. Worship it. Paul said, I can worship in the Spirit. Worship in the Spirit. You transcend the limitation of the natural, the limitation of your whatever. Transcend it. And then, then your understanding is totally useful. So whatever distraction the devil is trying to give you, you transcend all of that. And pray by your spirit straight talking to God. Jude, Jude 20, but you, beloved, building yourself up, founded on your most holy faith, make progress, rise like an edifice, higher and higher, praying in the Holy Spirit. So because it stirs up your spirit, energizes your spirit, because the Holy Spirit within you is using it, then it gets really anointed. So your spirit can pick up things. That, that's, you can have revelations. You can do everything like that. I mean, that is awesome coming from the Holy Spirit. It kind of refires you, rekindles to the fire within you. So that's it. Uh, but next Thursday, we'll start something else. Let us pray. Father, we just want to thank you for the privilege we have this evening to hear the different types of prayer that the Holy Spirit has given the church to pray. You are the one to inspire these prayers as, as, as you want. We trust that your people will understand it and yield to your spirit when you inspire any of these types of prayer in them. And those who are not baptized in the Holy Spirit, I pray that you help them to understand the importance of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Thank you, merciful Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.